Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had a great celebration. Last night, today is the very first Sunday of 2023. Not just the first Sunday, it's the first day of 2023. All of you who are joining us online, love for you put in the comment section and say, Happy New Year. We're all together. One church, two locations in one place. It's so great to have all of you with us. And today I'm really excited because I want to preach to you a message of hope and vision. And that's the title of my message, Your Vision for 2023. What is your vision for 2023? What not, not what's your New Year's resolution? Not what's the one thing you're going to change or stop doing or start doing? What's your vision for 2023? And as I'm, as I'm speaking, as I'm asking you that question, as we're going to look at God's Word and we're going to study that and we're going to take some key insights, I'm really praying that God would reveal to you His vision for your life, but, but particularly if the zone in, because sometimes... The vision for your life can be a little bit like so overwhelming, but if you're just to look at this year, the next 12 months, how you want to enter 2024, what thing, maybe it's going to be in the form of a dream that you have and you want to see fulfilled or a desire that you have to see achieved, or maybe it's a goal that you just like, I want to see this goal come to pass or whatever it is, but it's your vision for 2023. And my prayer is that God's going to download it in your heart in these next few moments together, I want to really encourage you, take your phone, write it to open up the notes, write down, get your journal, write down even in one sentence or one paragraph what your vision for 2023 is. And at the end of our time together, as I'm going to speak for a few minutes, but at the end of our time together, we're actually going to set five specific goals for 2023. Five specific things as we're going to get, get ready to enter the year. And this Sunday is kicking off our week of prayer and fasting. And we're going to take the vision and then we're going to pray and we're going to fast. We're going to come together as a church. But I want us to be very intentional by asking the Lord, what's your vision for my life? What's your vision for 2023? So I want to look at a scripture today that may be familiar to many of us. I preached it a couple of months back on this scripture, but I just really felt to that it was very uh, apt for us. And in this time, it's from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And the Lord speaks to his prophet Jeremiah. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The message translation says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. The vision that you have. Verse 12 continues, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. So this scripture, one of the most quoted scriptures in church after John 3:16, but just to look at it deeper and ask the question, why was this written? Who was this written to? What was the context in which these words are being said. So if we were to just go back to the beginning of the chapter, verses one through four, gives us some context of the people and the context of the situation in which these words are written in. Verse one begins, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. 
Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. You may remember him from the famous story about the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they're in the burning furnace, in the burning fire, because Nebuchadnezzar had called them to bow before his great statue, and they refused to do so. We see that Babylon had previously invaded Israel, and it captured the people, brought them into exile back to Babylon. They're now living there in Babylon as captives. But they have been given freedom to live and work and because of the peace agreements that's been made between the leaders of Israel and the leaders of Babylon. So Jeremiah, one of the most famous prophets in the Bible, he was God's messenger. He was God's mouthpiece. For, for many years leading up to the exile, he, in fact, he was, he was telling the people over and over again, you need to be careful. You need to obey the Lord. You need to repent of your sin because if you don't listen to God, what's going to happen? He's going to allow Babylon to come and to capture you and bring you into exile. And of course, it's exactly what happened. So the people are there. And really, they're, as you can imagine, living as slaves in another nation. They're in disarray. They're feeling hopeless, feeling in a place of darkness. They don't know how long this is going to last for. They don't know if they'll ever see their homeland again. It's brought about quite a lot of confusion. And what's happened in the mix here is we see that there's, there's different prophets and there's different people and there's different voices that are saying this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unknown. So in this time, God's people are feeling hopeless, uncertain. Maybe like some of us, Entering in this year may feel like I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to fall apart and what's going to rise. I don't know what's going to happen in the economy. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I don't know what's going to happen. And they're in this place of not knowing. And in this time of uncertainty, the Lord sends a message through Jeremiah. Just as he can speak to you and to me in the time of uncertainty. Verse 3 continues. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shavat, Shavan, and to Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The Lord lists out five things that he tells the people to do. Five things that I believe that all of us, especially in a time of need, uncertainty, unknown, especially in a time as we're looking forward to these next 12 months, and we, we were asking God for a vision, for hope, for prayer, for a future. This is what we should apply to our lives. Very first thing he says, he says, plan for your future. Plan for your future. It's important to make a plan. Verse five and six, build houses. Settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters a marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. What is he saying? He's saying, settle down in Babylon because you're going to be here for a while. This is not going to just be a two-year, a five-year, a ten-year thing. This is going to be a long time. God is saying this is going to be a long exile. The uncertainty, the unknown, the waiting, it may last a while, so make a home here. Put your roots down. Plan for the future. Just plant gardens and eat what they produce. Sow seeds so that you may eat from the fruit of the soil. Work hard. Provide for your loved ones. Enjoy your time here. Steward your work. Be diligent. Be respectful. and Be people of character. Verse 6. Not only marry and have kids, but think of spouses for your kids so that they too may have children. He's saying, 
don't only think of yourself, but think of your children. Think of your children's children. He's saying, think generationally. I want you to plan for your future and the future of your children and your children's children. That's the vision of our church. We want to think generationally. I don't want to just have a vision for my life. I want to have a vision for my children's life, my children's children's life. I want to plant and sow seeds today so that they will bear fruit tomorrow. I want to have a generational mindset. I want to look through the lens of my life, through the lens of legacy. Verse 6 finishes, to increase in number, which is to grow, to multiply, and to thrive. Here's the second thing that he tells us to do. Pray for peace and prosperity for your land. Verse 7 says, also, seek the peace and prosperity for the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. He said, be good citizens of the land and in your community. Be involved in making the place better for, for you having been there. He's saying, steward what you have. Steward and take care of your environment, of your homes, your finances, your, your being conscious of how we live. Let's, let's choose to pray for the Lord to prosper our land, to bring peace to our community so that God would reign supreme, that we would see our towns, our cities, and our communities thrive. This means being involved in our community. This means getting to know our neighbors getting to know the people in which we are uh, in community with, caring for them, helping them, encouraging, being a valuable member of society. This means praying for peace and prosperity for our nation, for Ireland and the nation surrounding us, that even in the midst of a secular culture, rather than choosing to give out and complain, instead sow words of life and of peace. At this time that Jeremiah is speaking, the exiled people were, were about to make the choice to rebel and revolt. They were going to rise up and they were going to fight against the authorities. But instead, the Lord is saying, choose peace. He's saying, grow your roots down. Work hard. Sow. Reap. Enjoy and be a part of community. Many people, when they look at this scripture, they see that, they compare that the Israelites' time in Babylon is very similar to our time in earth. The heaven is our real home. Heaven is our homeland and this time on earth is our exile. Rather than wishing it away, rather than somehow waiting for our time in heaven to come, we can pray for peace and prosperity for our land, for our people, for our community, and for the people in the world so that we can hand back to our children a prosperous land, that we can give them an inheritance that we're proud to give over to them. Here's the third thing. That the Lord says through Jeremiah, discerning those who were out to deceive. Verse 8 and 9. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. At this exact time, there's been many self-proclaimed prophets who are telling the people that this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen. They're going to say that this is what the, the outcome of the, the years will be, those who will suffer, those who thrive. And it's not too unlike the life that we are part of today, the world that we live in, the media, the, the people, the voices, they're all telling us, the forecasters, this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen and this is where we're going to be. But instead, God says, don't listen to everyone else, but listen to me. We read in chapter 28 how Hananiah, one of the deceivers, he was calling Jeremiah a liar. He's calling him a deceiver. 
He's saying that he's a false teacher and he's saying that, that he was the true voice of God. And so this is what Jeremiah does. I love it. He says, in response to him, he says to Hananiah that you will not surely see the year out. Seven months later, he drops dead. <laughs> I, I know some of us would love for some uh, matters to end that way, but that's not how life works. But instead, what we can learn here, rather than fighting Hananiah, rather than standing against him, rather than holding his ground and defending him, he just speaks in truth. This is what's going to happen. And I am the true voice of God. What can we learn here? God has not called us to fight everyone. He's not called us to prove who's right and who's wrong. He's not called us to defend ourselves, whether that's against even our own family at times or those who insult us or persecute us and not even in work or with friendships, but instead to be confident in God's word. To be confident in the truth that we've heard and that we know, that know that God will not be made a fool of. His word will come to pass. His promises will be fulfilled. Instead, we are to protect our minds, protect our hearts, protect ourselves from those who are out to deceive us. So therefore, we need to discern. We need to be led by wisdom. The Lord says, don't listen to those liars, but instead listen to the word of God those who he has appointed. We need to discern those who are wise so that we can listen to. We need to know, discern whether, even sometimes knowingly or, dis, or, or unknowingly, we need to be careful who we're listening to. We need to be careful who we're being influenced by. Never has it been more important to listen to the word of God, to listen to God's word. Maybe this year, rather than the previous three years, 2020, 21, 22, Maybe 23 is about shutting everybody else up. Turning everybody else off. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to listen to worship music. I'm going to listen to podcasts that are uh, wholesome, that are inspiring and encouraging. I'm going to shut the news off. You know what? The world may fall around me. I'm going to pray for the world. I'm going to pray for prosperity. I'm going to pray for my land. But you know what? I'm going to hold on to the truth and the word of God. And that is what's going to lead me in my life. That's what I'm going to listen to. We need to base our belief on the word today more than ever before so that we can grow in wisdom, so that we can know what's truth and what's lies. Here's the fourth thing he tells us to do. Trust that his promise will be fulfilled. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and I will fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. We see that according to Sabbath law, the Israelites were to allow the land to rest for one year out of every seven years. What did that mean? It meant to not work for an entire year, to not work the soil, to not toil the soil, but instead to leave it be. And we see that for 490 years, from the time of King Saul, right up until the exile to Babylon, they disobeyed God. And so the total of number of years that they'd missed at Sabbath years was 70 years. 70 years. What did God do? He removed them from the land so that the land may rest. Sometimes God does certain things that we may not understand. Sometimes God allows certain things to happen that we may not know why they're happening. Sometimes God allows things to happen. But in this case, and this is what I take from this to apply to my own life, and I hope that this would encourage you. In this case, he was preparing them for a greater future than they were currently experiencing. They were suffering. They were in a difficult place. But as Romans 5, 3 to 4 says, if we trust in God and trust that his promises will be fulfilled, 
We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Verse 10 continues, I will come to you and fulfill my God promise. The Lord is on his timeline, not your timeline. The time may not be now, but the time will come. The time will come where his promise will be fulfilled. But in the meantime, as you're preparing for your future, he's building perseverance. He's building character. He's building hope within you. And how do we know this to be true? Verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He knows, even when you don't know. He knows according to his perfect timing, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The Israelites in captivity, they're feeling hopeless. Feeling, thinking that they are going to never see the promise fulfilled in which God had been speaking to them about. But this word brought comfort to them. This word brought comfort. Knowing that they may not see it come to pass in their lifetime, but their children and their grandchildren will reap the blessing. That they will enjoy the fruit that they have sowed. That their children, the next generation, will be the ones to experience that which God says that he will fulfill. You see, their hope for their future brought power to their present. Their hope in knowing that this is not for nothing, that this is for the purpose and the plans that God has called me to fulfill and called to fulfill in me. They knew that this gave them hope in their present. I've got hope for my future and the future generations and this gives me power. This gives me meaning to what I'm doing and for the days that I enjoy on this earth. And here's the fifth and final thing that God says through his prophet Jeremiah, seek him and you will find him. Verse 12 and 13, you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I love this. This is what is, a, is possible and available to us right now. We are in the presence of God. And He is here. He is among us. He's available to us. The first day, the first of January, God is here. He is with you. He says, seek me and you will find me. Ask me for vision and I'll give you vision. Ask me for hope and I'll give you hope. He says that, will I not give good gifts to my children? So therefore, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Even while we may feel in exile, feel in captivity mentally, emotionally, physically, feeling like, you know, we haven't got our whole life sorted out. But even that, even in the midst of that, the Lord says, you can experience my freedom in the here and now, that I will open up the heavens and you will find me. So as I finish by asking you the same question I said at the beginning, what is your vision for 2023? What is your vision? If you haven't already, I encourage you, take a moment, whether it's now, whether it's this evening, whether it's a time where you get up and you're just on your own, take a pen, take a paper, and write down as you ask the Lord, what's your vision for my life? What's the hope that you have? What's the dream and the desire? And write down whatever comes to your mind. Doesn't mean that that's it, that's set, that's the way it's got to be for the next 364 days. No. 
It may change, it may morph, it may become, you may hear God continue to speak to you, but it begins and it starts by asking God, what is your vision for my life for 2023? Here's the second thing we're going to do. And I love this. This is very practical. We're going to set some goals. And you may watch this back, you may listen back to this, but you may even just take a moment just to write down these five things. Five core areas of our life that we are going to make a goal in in each area. And here's the the goals that you set for your life, for your work that you work towards. This is about us making a plan for our future. Does it mean that if it happens or doesn't happen that there's going to be success or failure? No, but but we've got a plan. We've got a goal that we're working towards. So here's five core areas. The very first area is this, is spiritual. The spiritual area of our life. This can be setting a goal in terms of personal devotion or reading the Bible or journaling in prayer, or, or worshiping, or, or spending more time in worship with God. My personal goal that I'm writing in this area is to wake up 30 minutes earlier than everyone else in my house, the four ch- kids that I have, that i got to get them ready for school. I'm going to wake up 30 minutes early to worship, to pray, and to journal. I might, may read some of God's Word, but I'm going to take time to sit and to hear from Him. Here's the second area of our life. It's our personal area. This can be receiving mentoring, counseling, maybe looking into some of the areas that of our heart and of our life and of our past that we've left unturned. This can be our diet and exercise. This may be cutting back on certain calories and sugar. This may be seeking to sleep better and sleep more often. Maybe to exercise, light walking or, or weight training. Mine, my personal goal is to exercise at least three times a week. I need to. I need to do for my mental health, for my the energy that builds up within me. I want to also meet a counselor once a month and I want to grow my friendships. That's my goal in my personal area of my life. Here's the, the third area is financial. We, we looked at a whole series, Hope for Our Finances. We, we, we can receive hope for our future for our faith, and for our finances. This can be setting a consistent budget. This can be looking at setting certain goals in giving or saving or investing and growing for our future. Mine is to have a clear budget, to saving, uh, establishing a saving and investment plan and to implement a pension, which hopefully will start off this year and begin that as well. Here's the fourth area of our life is family and relationships. This can be spending more time with loved ones and growing together, time with your spouse, growing and investing in your marriage and your intimacy. This can be making sure you and your kids and your whole family are coming to church regularly, every week or a number of times a month. This can be spending time in prayer with them, whether it's around the dinner table or it's before the start of the day or the end of the night. Mine is to date my wife consistently. I want to I want to date my wife. I want to create memories with each of my four children. I want to read and pray with them every single night. Very practical. It's not, you know, ostentatious that that can't happen. In, no, I can do that. So I'm setting that goal. Here's the fifth area is our business, our work, our career, our talents and passion that God has given us. This is setting goals for us to achieve. This is growing individually, reading, listening to podcasts, is starting a course. This can be setting a path for you to grow so that you can achieve the goals in which God has given you. Mine, my goal this year, 2023, is to build our church to the healthiest and strongest that it's ever been before. That's my goal. That'd be healthy and strong. That's my goal. So I want to encourage you, set some time aside 
Read through these five areas. What are they? I'll give them to you again. Spiritual, personal, financial, family and relationships, and of course our business life. Make a plan. You know what? When reality doesn't match up to our plans and life happens and we, we, we get off track, this is a great thing to come back to time and time again throughout the year. Say, oh yes, I remember those goals. Oh, I need to get back and track on that. I need to start on that. I want to build momentum again. Oh, I'm, I'm actually I'm not doing so well in these four areas. So I've, I'm doing one area well. So therefore, I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to build momentum in my life. But hold on to the vision that God has given you. What's your vision for 2023? God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Hey, would you just bow your heads with me and close your eyes? And I just want to take this opportunity. God, we thank you that we, you have given us your word. That you've given us your Holy Spirit, who with, who's with us, who guides us, who speaks to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to tune our ears to your voice. I pray for every single one of us right now as we ask that question, what's your vision for my year? What's your vision for 2023? Would you speak to us? Would you prompt us as we write that down, as we focus on it? It may come in the form of a word, of a picture, of a goal, of a desire, but God, would you speak to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, I pray that you have a great start to the new year. Would love for you to be with us in Newbridge, in Kildare, 10.30 and 12.30 this Sunday. Also in Dublin at 10 a.m. and 11.45. And then we've got a special evening service of prayer and worship in Dublin this Sunday evening. And then the following Thursday in Newbridge as we kick off our week of prayer and fasting. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace this week. Enjoy. We love you. We're thankful for you. And have a great week.